scarred skin, stretch marks, still there, full heart, cellulite and acne and veins. Why did these become things that I hate? I'm doing much better. Most days I'm okay. Others I'm not. When will this go away? Around the merry-go-round, again, feigned confidence, wearing thin. Why can't I see me? Where am I? Love your body, I tell me, and I try. No, become indifferent. I am both lies. 16 damn years I've run this race, yet in awareness I found a different pace. Not of myself, but of the sky, of rivers flowing, of the cosmos of life. The mountain in her majesty, teeming with life, unbound, wild, at liberty, unbothered of who stops to see. Where roses aren't separate from their thorns, harsh winds howl, yet sunshine warms. Where consciousness together teems and thrives, harsh rivers rage, sweet honey drips from hives. Each wildflower from a single seed, unconcerned, unconsumed with jealousy for all the things she'll never be, grounded yet free, she blooms amongst weeds beneath sweeping boughs of sky-kissing trees, growing in grace, her beauty in thanks to both the sunshine on her face and the dark earth from whence she came. Could it be with me the same? No, why not? Why is it then my soul fills there among salty seas or mountain air where I feel so small yet do not care, break down, break free in acceptance, I began to see these chains that bind were forged by me. The shame that blinds unless I choose it cannot be. Inspired desire wells up in my heart. The mountain and I Two mediums, one art. Nature and we aren't separate, not to start. Separateness starves an aching heart. No wonder I cannot see myself when I'm wearied feigning someone else. When whispers, fears, feelings I stack on my shelf, my soul demands allowance in presence panic quells. Held and humbled simultaneously, nature allows me to finally see me. This glorious body, my soul's sacred home, each mark upon it, I'll honor and own. Standing as tall as the mountain, I'll rise, no longer ashamed of any part of myself, my body, or my life. I will savor the food I put on my plate. I will pass by a mirror and look in my face. In awe, Of my very own beauty, I'll stare, skin deep and beyond, I am worthy, I am rare. And when, cause I'm human, I pick myself apart, when with self-deprecation and loathing, I start. I will face my struggles, without shame, I am art. I'll have seasons of blossoming, seasons of doubt, seasons of darkness and pressures and drought, seasons of expansion and glory, and all throughout. I'll return again into nature, to anchor, to myself, to my home, time after time after time. And I know 
She'll humble and hold me, recharge and embolden me. With the waves crashing over me, my heart she will show me, and then in the stillness of presence I'll hear her whisper so clear. My dear, how you've grown, how you grow. I've been wanting to share with you guys here and just kind of open up about my personal struggles with uh, not seeing myself and more particularly with the negative body image um, that I've kind of battled more and less drastically over really 16 years of my life. And I didn't really know how, you know, I think um, on the one hand, I feel like I should say, you know, trigger warning for body dysmorphia and, and, you know, maybe that's so, maybe that's valid. The more that I research and look into body dysmorphia in particular, I understand now that that is, um, a disorder that you cannot self-diagnose that need, and I have never gone um, to traditional therapy to be diagnosed for these things. So in talking about this, I do want to make it really clear at the start that I'm here to share with you my journey. I think it's less important what I call it and more important that I'm honest because of the prevalence of body image issues and harboring and fostering and feeding negative body image and picking apart your body and comparing your body and judging your body and scrutinizing your body in a way that not only prevents you from correctly seeing yourself, but negatively impacts your day-to-day life as it did me in different seasons. I'm terrified to talk about this. And as I've thought and thought more about why that is, I think it's because, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to open up and say, Hey, during these specific periods of my life, when I looked the way that I did, I was feeling this way. And I'm scared that opening up and saying, Hey, I feel like this and I'm suffering and struggling with this and I'm fighting this while I look like that, it will dishearten or dismiss you and what you're facing. But I think it's for that same reason that it's even more important that I do open up about it because the two times in my life where this was most debilitating for me 
were the two times that I don't think anyone ever would have guessed or could have told. Uh, one of which was my freshman year of college and the other was, um, um, when my career was really taking off back in 2017, 2018. And, you know, hindsight is 2020. And I, I spoke to you guys about after my surgery back in January, how during those weeks I spent, you know, immobile on the couch, essentially it was hard and I grew a lot and I faced a lot and I learned a lot. And funny enough, one of the most prevalent things that came up for me was this super sharp awareness of this and of the fact that I was struggling um, again and that I that I had been struggling back then. And I don't want you to think that I hid it from you. I truly, if you would have asked me back in 2017, 2018, uh, I didn't think that anything was wrong. I mean, obviously I'm the first to admit that I'm always struggling, right? I am only human and anything I've ever shared or taught about exercise science or mental health awareness or my personal struggles with either, my learnings with either, it is always from a place of, I am in this with you, I get it. And here's my story and here's the things that help me Um. If you look at photos, and I'll I'll share some on socials, but if you look at photos of me back in 2017, 2018, I I I got super super lean. Um, for the first time ever, I had a different body composition. I had muscle mass, and I thought, you know, I'm not starving myself. I I don't have like I'm not facing disordered eating, and so I'm fine. Like. I didn't think that I was struggling, but the reality is I was obsessive and I was obsessively trying to get leaner. No, I didn't do anything unhealthy. I wasn't taking like diuretics or diet pills or, you know, under eating a lot. I was, and so I was proud, right? Like I was, I didn't think that there was anything to worry about, but looking back, I mean, my God, I missed out on so much life and I really could not see myself. Um, I remember super, super vividly. I didn't open up or share like to really anyone about my self criticisms because at this point, you know, I was in the public eye. I was, sharing on Instagram every day. I felt like I was in, you know, I was a fitness professional and, um, I I was always very careful to never like scrutinize my body to others or pick myself apart to others. But there were a few people who did see it and hear it. And I remember vividly, um, I was on my way to a shoot and it was my, one of my first like solo shoots that I did when I was with sweat, Um, and I was so excited for about it. 
I was so excited about it. And I had been preparing, you know, like being super diligent with like hitting my macros and super perfect with my five to six power sessions every week. And I was like really in it and feeling great. But that's the problem. I wasn't feeling great. Not really. And I remember being on the way to this shoot and turning to my PR manager who was in the car with me and just feeling overwhelmed with like frustration and fear and like anger and sadness. And I just, I was like, I'm so like, I just wish I was leaner. Like, I just, I'm so bummed. Like this is such a big opportunity and the world is really going to see me. Like I'm trying to establish myself as a top trainer and a fitness professional. And I just could have done better and should have done better. And I wish I had more time and I'm just not lean enough. And I started talking about my body and she looked at me and she was just like, Kelsey, are you okay? And this woman is amazing. You guys, she is, I love her so much. She's such a good human and has such a good heart. And she just truly looked at me and was like, Kels, you're way off. And I kind of got mad at her and I was like, well, you don't get it. Like, I'm not saying that I'm like not lean. I'm just saying that it, it should be like, I'm just held to a different standard and I'm just like, you don't understand. And I kind of got defensive, which is something that I have since apologized to her for. Um, but that moment sticks out to me and God, uh, looking at those images now, it makes me like really sad. Um, and that's the thing. This is why I've said in the past, you know, if you could snap your fingers and have your dream physique, like if you could snap your fingers and you would have your absolute, whatever you think is your ideal body, looking back at you in the mirror right now, right this second, it actually would not fix or change your self-image, your self-confidence, your self-love, your self-esteem. Because these things, your mental health doesn't care what size your body is. It is about it is in our minds. It is in our minds. And there are women of all shapes and sizes who are confident and healthy and thriving and, and do not live in a self-deprecating mindset. And there are women of all shapes and sizes, even me in 2017, almost, I mean, maybe unhealthily lean with almost an unhealthy body fat percentage. And I just thought I was just consumed with putting myself down and tearing myself apart. And this is why I feel that this is so important to talk about. Body dysmorphia, if that's something that you are struggling with, I do I do urge and encourage you to seek professional help and seek out therapies. There is a lot of research on this and there are specialists with this, much like disordered eating, and you you don't need to do this alone. But in sharing my story, I did. 
And what's the difference, right? Like what's the difference between these phases in my life? I can really see three. Like I mentioned my freshman year of college, which happened to be when I was the thinnest I ever was. Um, I was so obsessed with like, just that was in the mindset, obviously pre, um, pre any of this pre, if you, if you want more context surrounding where I lived, then please go listen to the first episode of this podcast. But this was, I mean, just decades of diet culture bullshit that I had internalized. I mean, in my college apartment, we had posters in the cupboards that said nothing tastes as good as skinny fills. I mean, so toxic. And I didn't know or care about nutrition. I just thought that eating healthy meant eating less or starving yourself, all of that horrible stuff. And anyway, I was so thin because I had an anxiety disorder that I didn't realize I was dealing with, but I didn't, I couldn't see myself. And I mean, I remember my mom like asking me very sincerely if I was okay then. Um, she could see my ribs. Like I was, I was skeletal. I think I weighed 110 pounds and I'm five, six and dangerously thin. And I couldn't see it. Just felt like I needed to lose five more pounds, no matter what. Um, then of course, flash forward, I, I learned so much and I healed so much and I came so far. And so I felt like I wouldn't ever face that again. Right. And then bam, um, the experience I just kind of shared with you guys. And then more and most recently, I felt um, a little bit of this start to rear its head again in 2020 with the start of the pandemic. And I'm so proud of the way that I handled it and navigated it and was aware of it and moved through it really without it becoming an all-consuming, you know, really long, rough patch for me again. So, I mean, how, like how, why am I speaking about this now? And, and what is the whole point? You know, honestly, I'm not sure. And I don't have a list of concrete answers or practices for you, but I did promise you that I would share what helped me. And that is what that poem was about in the beginning of this episode. Because funny enough for me, um, it's not even that I love myself and my body so much more, like as far as my physical appearance or whatever, it's more that I think about myself less in that sense. I love to take care of myself and those care practices, you know, washing my face at night and making it like a mindfulness practice and putting lotion all over my body and eating nourishing food and like all of the steps and tools that we've talked about across this whole podcast. All of that has been so beautiful and rich and helpful. But ultimately, I I reflect and I realize like, you know what? I think one of the things that I think is markedly different now than any other time throughout the last six years of this healing journey for me is that I don't 
it's not that I'm now looking at myself in the mirror all the time and thinking, oh, I'm the shit. It's that I don't look in the mirror as much. Um, I feel like I'm finally able to see me in the sense of the fact that I'm so much more than the shape or size of my body. And so what enabled me to see that, you know, I've been on a huge journey with beliefs and, um, spirituality since my massive like faith crisis from leaving the Mormon church. But I have shared that I've never felt more spiritual or grounded than I do now. And honestly, this is maybe not the answer that you're hoping to hear, but the tool, the single most powerful thing that has helped me in shifting and living with a intrinsically healthy self-talk and a more neutral self-image and a more positive view of not just my body, but all parts of me is that it's been coming home to myself. It's been accepting myself as a human being. And that's Anderson (laughs) playing upstairs. Um, Accepting myself and remembering myself. And for me, that involves returning to nature and accepting my nature and remembering that, my God, we are so much more. You are so important. The fact that you are alive on this planet today as a living, breathing human being is no accident. Again, returning to some of my favorite affirmations, your body is a miracle and you are so much more than your body. And when we spend more time remembering and focusing and meditating and feeling inspired and purposeful, We won't have time to allow those self-deprecating thoughts to encroach and bring us down. And they will. Life ebbs and flows. But that's just the other side of this. Instead of feeling like you're walking on a tightrope, you know, you've come out of a bad habit or you've made a mistake, you've resolved to like do better and you just have this layer of anxiety. It's like you're walking on a tightrope and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, I just can't do this forever. I can't do this forever. It's like, you know, you're going to fall, you know, you're going to crash and burn and you're terrified that you don't need to live that way because yeah, you will fall but you're just a three-year-old at a trampoline park on a tightrope that's 12 inches from a padded mat. And you're playing and you're learning and you're becoming stronger. And soon you're going to be running across that tightrope. And yeah, still you'll fall sometimes, but it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't have to. And it's that, it's releasing the shame 
releasing the pressure. Because yes, even though diet culture is ingrained in so many of us in so many toxic ways, and we are victims of that to a great extent, the reason that I feel like I finally realized the chains that bind are forged by me, the chains in the sense of the negative self-image and the self-hatred and the inability to like even respect my body or even see it a little bit. Despite why I feel like I'm in that place, I can choose to break free. I can do that work. I can rewrite it. I can refocus. And every time I've come back around to these same struggles, I no longer am coming at them with a wealth of disappointment in myself. It's more like, oh, okay, I'm stronger now. I'm a different woman now. And if here this is, I'm going to face it again. Okay. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to shame myself for it. I'm going to work through it as many times as I have to, because I am always worth that work. And remarkably, the times that I have to face that have become so much fewer and further between and so much easier to work through. And I think that can be the same for many struggles that we face in life. Um, I do want to kind of go through some of the prevalent, I guess, warning signs that I personally struggled with. And, um, because maybe you're unaware as well. And I don't know, maybe if I would have had someone read me out a list of what to look for, I could have become aware a lot sooner that I was indeed not doing well. Um, you know, it was either avoiding mirrors or obsessing over mirrors. For me, it was absolute constant comparison of my body to everyone else's. Um, feeling like always, always picking at my skin to make it smooth, whether it was like a zit on my face or like a bump on my leg or whatever. Um, feeling like so thirsty for compliments from other people, but never, ever, ever believing them if, if they were given to me. Um, I would always look at old photos of myself and like, be like, oh my God, if I could only like look like that. But I vividly would remember having that photo taken and feeling insecure about X, Y, or Z. Um, I would obsess over certain body parts. For me, it was my thighs for the longest time. I mean, I, I just, yeah. So those, those are some warning signs. I think, um, from what I'm reading, those are not uncommon for, for even for like flags of Y dysmorphia or, 
or just a negative body image, both of which are things that we should be aware of and that we can work through, right? Um, Of course, you guys know that I obsessed over the scale and would absolutely like fall apart if the scale fluctuated in direction that was up, which again is insane because a woman's weight fluctuates five pounds, give or take throughout any hour of a given day. Um, and I don't weigh myself still to this day, by the way, it's, it's not good for me at all. It's a big trigger for me. And then, you know, later on in my journey, when the second time, um, it was more like obsessively comparing my before and after photos. And that is another reason why I stopped taking them personally and stopped posting them on my page. I heard, you know, I would get messages every now and then saying like, Hey, I love what you stand for. And I love your messaging. However, like, do you wonder, or do you feel like the before and after photos that you post kind of go against your messaging and what you, what you're saying and trying to do in the fitness industry? And for a long time, I didn't, I was like, no, because I would never just post a photo that showed a body composition change without a caption that made sure that the changes were so much more than what you could see. And I am not saying that before or after photos are bad or toxic for some people. They can be very helpful tool. They can be a beautiful celebration and can symbolize all the changes you can't see, right? Like they're, they have meant both things to me, but I realized and I heard, I started to hear more and more frequently that like, Hey, these things are a trigger for me on your page. And of course, these couple years when I was saying that it was fine, looking back, I was personally struggling. And so I wasn't really thinking clearly, but it was about probably November or October of 2018, actually, that I remember telling Sweat, like, hey, I'm not going to be posting these anymore. I'm not going to share these publicly. And it was a little tough because I wanted to, of course, support the incredible progress of my community and all the women who are training with me worldwide. And of course I want to celebrate their victories and their non-scale victories, but I just truly felt like it was not a productive way to advertise for my programming, given what I say and what I stand for. And enough women were saying to me, Hey, this is triggering. And while of course perhaps some content that I put out will always trigger someone. You can never please everyone. In this case, I really felt like that was the right thing to do to stop doing that. Um, anyway, I would like obsessively compare, you know, my own photos against each other. I would like pinch and pinch my skin or like squeeze my body. Um, if I was sitting down, standing up, that's another red flag. Um, always evaluating like how my clothes would fit the same clothes, you know, right after they're washed it, I'm kind of skimming through these feeling awkward because I feel, I feel sorry to admit this guys. Um, but it, 
it's important and I am not, I'm not, I can't be ashamed of it anymore. You know, I've moved forward and if sharing my own triggers, which I found in my research can be red flags across the board with you can help you bring awareness and go forward, then I am beyond proud to do so and happy to do so as hard as it might be. Um, so I guess like with recovery, I think, you know, standing in the mirror and not recognizing what you see, especially postpartum or really at any point in life can be very painful and scary. And like I mentioned, that can happen regardless what your body's looking like. Right. And so it's like, I shared, you know, the biggest tool that helped me was deepening my relationship to myself and to nature and to God and to my purpose. My meditation practice is the single biggest tool that helped me truly. But I will also share with you some of the things that I tried before that I do not recommend to do on your healing journey. Attempting to just get rid of your anxiety or, or thought stopping, like pretending like, you know, an unwanted thought or urge comes over you and you're just like, oh, like I didn't hear that. Da, 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 da. And you're just like trying to like ignore it. That obviously doesn't work. We know that, right? Or just ignoring, suppressing those things. It just doesn't work like that. Um, trying to really like avoid, um, I guess the, the, body parts or the things about myself that I was most self-conscious of, I thought, Hey, maybe if I just like really don't look at my legs ever for a long time, then I'll be fine. And that, that didn't help either. It almost made it grow bigger and, um, get worse. Um, on the other hand, I think learning, of course, to coexist with my anxiety, which is something that I'm very, very grateful that I have been able to navigate and learn how to do in a healthy way at this point is huge. Understanding, of course, as I always say that you can and need to accept whatever thoughts or feelings are coming up for you and shame yourself for no part of it. And then instead of avoiding like triggers or, um, like as in, you know, the, like I would try to hide or whatever. It was more like, no, personally, I would like, I would stand there naked in the mirror and stare at the parts and pieces of me that I hated. And I would make myself do it long enough until I started to realize, whoa, Um, and I've had some very powerful moments with myself, um, in that way, just loving my own body. And yeah, like instead of pinching it and squeezing it, like holding myself, like touching my scars and my pimples and my bumps and, and not putting those negative thoughts with them. All of the remembrances that human bodies are not statues and that skin is a living, breathing organism and it has texture and it has zits and that's beautiful and normal and kind of just 
spending that very intentional time with myself and my body when I felt grounded and connected to the fact that I'm so much more than those things was a powerful healing tool for me as well. Um, and maybe it can be for you. Again, I just want to send you so much love. I think it's so important to remember that everyone struggles. Everyone struggles. And you never know who is holding what kind of heartache. Um, another important reminder I have three for you <laughs> this episode to kind of end things. Everyone struggles. Please don't shame or judge others. Please. Number two. Like I said, you are so much more than your body. And if you are struggling... Meet yourself with compassion. Last but not least, if you are struggling with a negative body image in an obsessive way, in a way that it's really affecting your daily choices or consuming your thoughts day to day in your life, it could be body dysmorphia. And I do want you to, yes, perhaps try out these tools that I've shared and absolutely begin a meditation practice and connect, um, pray, you know, do connect back to the nature of yourself and the divinity within yourself and divinity in general, but also remember that there is no shame in seeking professional help. And I urge you to do so if you need to. Um, yeah, I love you guys and I'm grateful for your support. And I promise you that whether or not you can see your own worth or your own beauty does not and cannot lessen it.